Welcome back to the boys of 161st Street, episode 26. We have a very special episode for you guys today. This week, Damon sat down with his childhood friend, Josiah Gray. Josiah is one of the bright young talents in baseball right now. He ranks 67th on the MLB Pipeline Top 100 list. He currently plays for the Dodgers, grew up a Yankees fan. He and Damon dove into his unorthodox journey into professional baseball, his involvement in the Yasiel Puig deal, and so much more. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Let's go. A little introduction for uh, my man Josiah Jojo Gray over here. Uh, me and Jojo go way back. We've been, um, you know, we grew up in the same town near Rochelle, played baseball together our whole life. He was obviously a lot better than me, but um, <laughs> he went to Lemoyne College, drafted by the Cincinnati Reds, and now we're uh, hanging out in, with the Dodgers system and you're the was that 65th ranked prospect in all of baseball right now yeah it was like six, 60 yeah i think it was 65 or 65 60, that's fucking like crazy man yeah yeah so like i don't know i i like that just blows me away but i want to i want to take a step back though because i know that a lot of people don't know that you were recruited to play college as a shortstop yeah and i remember you know you know, my my buddy Luke, who's on a podcast, and he was he uh he's from Harrison. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he wanted me to tell you he got hit off you in high school, so that makes sense. <laughs> 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 uh, um no, but anyway, a lot of people don't know you were you were recruited as a shortstop um in college and I guess what was that like transition like for in college when you got there and you were just like you know, I'm actually a, a lights-out pitcher. <laughs> yeah, it, it honestly, uh, it just happened kind of like overnight. Because um, my freshman year, I went in, and my, my role was kind of clear to where I was going to play third. I was going to back up at third, back up at short, and pitch a little bit. Um, and then sophomore year, I would come out and uh, be the starting shortstop and pitch a little bit. But um, that freshman year, went okay. Went okay with the bat. Didn't do too well on the mound. And then that summer... Um, out of nowhere, I just started throwing like gas. Like it was, it was like my the ball was coming out so much better, um, and still throwing strikes. So I was like, all right, I mean, we got something here, and that's when I hit 94. And then come back that sophomore year, still gonna play shortstop, and then gonna close close out ball games. And then that kind of like was when my career kind of took the. Uh, the leap it did because then I was throwing mid nineties and then obviously went to the Cape Cod league and just like blew it out there. So it was, it was like really like it happened overnight. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy to look at like from the outside perspective to how it all happened because the last time I saw, you, you know, who knows when, but like it definitely wasn't as big as it is now. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's still crazy to look back on and be like, wow, this story is like 
so unique and like and a lot of guys this doesn't happen to you know what i mean yeah because like obviously everyone you know when we were when we were in high school throwing like everyone obviously knew you were, you were the ace yeah and like you know that's just the way it was obviously with the college no one knew you were just a pitcher so what did you did you throw like how many full and how many full seasons did you start as a pitcher in college um just my last one my junior year uh, when i got drafted because my freshman year I was backing up um, at two positions. I pitched like eight innings. Um, and then my sophomore year, I played, I started all the games at shortstop, so 45 games. And I pitched 13 innings um, as a closer. And then my junior year, obviously after the summer and everything, um, I came back and that was my first full year just pitching mm-hmm. through like 90 something innings. So you can say I only have two full years under my belt just pitching. Uh, which is kind of crazy, and that's like not a typical turnaround time for no. for people, not at all. No. Um, and that's why. So I guess what when was that like that oh shit moment when you were like, fuck, like I'm I'm getting looked at and like I'm turning heads and yeah. people are starting to look at me and I'm I got a real shot here to get drafted and not even just a late round but mm-hmm. an early round in the draft. Honestly, um, I had a couple oh shit moments. Um, the first one, obviously, is, like, everything pertaining to the Cape Cod League and going out there and getting guys out, actually. Like, because you can always, like, dream, all right, I have good stuff at the Division Two level, but I don't know how it's going to play at the Division, yeah. um, that league. So that was kind of like, once I started getting guys out there, I was like, all right, holy crap. But then that fall, my junior year fall, I started hearing from friggin', I heard from about half, half the league, um, in terms of like scouts reaching out and all that stuff. And, you know, I'd never really known anyone that has gone through the process or, um, you know, dealt with anything pertaining to scouting. And I was like, all right, I can understand all these teams, but like if there's 15, you know, that's kind of like, all right, there must be some real interest um, mm-hmm. where they want to pick me. And, you know, I was like, okay, so kind of just ran with it that was like the biggest oh shit moment is coming back that fall like every every couple weeks you know i'd have another scout text me hey you want to sit down for a meeting hey um all all this kind of stuff you know yeah that's fucking crazy yeah Yeah. did you did you have like a an idea of who was going to take you at all before the draft started or did you have like a four or five teams that were you were kind of looking at or or what was that like yeah, definitely. Going into the draft, I had no idea because um, I was in that range of like, could be um, end of day one, could be early day two. And, you know, I just had no idea. And of course, I heard from um, every team by the time the draft rolled around. But, um, you know, there were definitely a couple teams I thought were going to take me or at least were considering me really highly were like the Blue Jays, um, Oakland. Uh, Atlanta, um, even LA, even the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't really clear to where they would take me because, you know, Division Two, there's always going to be some question marks there. Yeah. Um, so obviously, when I got drafted by Cincinnati, that was like, all right. I mean, they, I talked to them a lot, but it wasn't a team that was like, oh, Cincinnati, you know? I, it was kind of like an under the radar pick. Yeah. And, Definitely caught a lot of us by surprise, but you know I was definitely grateful to be picked by them. Yeah, 
obviously you got you know it was the call right that <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's wild so you know Cincinnati picked you second round mm-hmm. and what was that kind of what was that initial transition like because you know a lot of people sports sports are very different in terms of minor league systems you know it's like it arisen a lot of people don't like co- like college football a lot because it's like 10 guys who are pro ready and there's 10 guys who are straight out of high school and don't know how to hit you know yeah and it's, it's so different so but i know baseball is completely different because there's so many different levels yeah. right so i guess what was that kind of transition like from your last year in college to that first year in the pro leagues uh it was big to because obviously got the call uh, i believe the draft was on, either on a monday or a tuesday and um that sunday I was flying out to Arizona, so I was flying out to Goodyear, Arizona, uh, signed a contract, and boom, here you go, you're you're in pro ball. Uh, so obviously it was kind of like a whirlwind, kind of like I had to figure out as I was going in this whole new world, because like I'm here with all the guys I get drafted by, drafted yeah. with, and no one knows what to do, um, just in terms of uh, getting ready to go out to the field. What we're doing at the field, um, the time, even what time we have to be at the field, like no one had an idea. It, yeah. it was really, it was kind of like a crash course. Yeah. And um, we all went to rookie ball, which was in Eastern Tennessee. Uh, so it kind of went from uh, just kind of like being at the complex to this whole new affiliate. So the Reds, this was the first time they had this rookie ball affiliate in Eastern Tennessee. So. While we're going through this crash course of our first year pro ball, the Reds were going through this crash course and having this first year affiliate in Eastern Tennessee. So it was kind of like, all right, who's the people that are guiding us aren't exactly sure what to do with us, and we don't even know what to do. So it's kind of like everyone was just like disorganized. Yeah, disorganized on edge to the point where it's like, all right, is this what every other level is like mm-hmm. uh, but you you honestly settle in after a couple of weeks because you know at the end of the day it's it's just baseball yeah and whether uh the competition's a little bit more heightened you just have to tone uh tune in a little bit more but it's just baseball at the end of the day yeah yeah fast forward a little bit because i know that the reds was just a small part of a small part of everything mm-hmm. and uh, wasn't it wasn't it your birthday when yeah. you found out? You found out that you got you got straight. I remember. I, don't know, I remember someone had one. You were in town or something, and we were like, "Yo, it's Jordan's birthday!" And then <laughs> I look on Twitter. And you're just all right. This happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Carmine texted me. Yeah. Fun story, actually. Uh, so I was with my girlfriend. Uh, I guess I'll tell you about the whole day. But I was with my yeah. girlfriend, and uh, we had just stopped at a. Um, liquor store so we're going we're going into the city for the night and i get a call a random call it's uh from a guy within the reds player development department and i'm not too sure what this call is about i i think it's going to be like a happy birthday or it's how we're going to do things now <laughs> so, i don't know because he was new uh but yeah he just straight up told me he's like hey uh we're trading you to la and i'm like uh okay and I don't, I don't really know what to say, and he doesn't really give me much. He says, um, details are going to come out soon. You'll be hearing from them soon. But, you know, it's uh, it was a pleasure having you, and best of luck. 
And so that all transpires, and about 30 minutes later, it breaks on MLB Network, ESPN, uh, so on and so forth. And Carmine texts me. He's like, you guys just got Puig talking about Puig going to the Reds. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to say he texted me about two minutes after that. <laughs> he said, wait, in all caps, are you in this trade? <laughs> and I just started dying laughing. I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, so that's something I'm always going to remember. I, I tell him about that. I'm like, dude, like. That was like the funniest thing. You know, it's funny because we were, me and Carmen were going out that night, and I remember like went to his house, and I was like, we were in his room, and I was, yo, did you hear about this shit? We just like, pulled up like LMB Network, and we were like, yo, shit, it was JoJo up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's yeah. pretty. Good. So I guess it was, I guess Moneyball's pretty accurate with the way people are getting traded. Yeah, yeah. At least for me, it was kind of just like a phone call, um, and then a lot more phone calls after that. Yeah. Uh, to try and figure things out, but yeah, it, it was kind of just like cut and dry, straight to the point. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, business, you know. Yeah, I guess I know you weren't there for too long in the beginning, but I guess was that more of a? Were you more happy than kind of? I guess what, what were kind of you feeling that moment? Cause I don't, know, I, don't I don't really know what mm-hmm. you know a player goes through. Is that more of a happy trade? Is it a you know maybe they don't they don't appreciate me, or is it more of like a they value me and they value that I'm being traded for someone who's, you know, fucking Yasuo Puig. He's a yeah. big fucking name, you know? It's like, is it, was it more of an honor or was it more of kind of the opposite? Uh, honestly, you said it. It's like, it's kind of like an honor uh, just in getting drafted and getting traded so quickly. It's obviously there's a sting to it. It's, yeah. Uh, I saw myself, you know, in Cincinnati for a long time. Yeah. Because they invested in me. I wanted to, you know, have that, uh, investment payoff uh long term but it's definitely like an honor at the end of the day because you get traded for a couple big leaguers a couple all-stars because yeah uh, uh matt kemp and alex woodburg and in that trade as well and they're both all-stars previously so it's definitely like wow uh i see this other organization value me, values me as well and now i kind of have to go into a whole new situation and kind of just embrace it <clears throat> and you know, now got to see myself in LA long term. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that kind of brings up a good point. The whole like long term thing I wanted to talk to you about because only people who play in the league really understand this. It's like, mm-hmm. I guess what what were you were you a Yankees fan growing up or yeah yeah no, yeah. So this is something I've always wondered is you you grew up a Yankee fan. You grew up watching these guys idolizing these guys. Yeah and watching a team and then we get to a point where just like now they're your biggest american league rival <laughs> yeah what what is do you still have feelings for the yankees are you kind of like is it weird is it that weird that you're kind of more of diehard dodgers fan now or what's that it's what's that kind of like it's weird yeah yeah it's definitely weird that's a really good question though it's kind of like i have to uh put that aside because i yeah my allegiance is with the Dodgers now, yeah. but in general, like you know me, I'm like a huge baseball fan, so I can yeah, of course, turn the game and and watch whatever, obviously. But uh, yeah, I kind of have to put that Yankee uh, pass behind, and you know, go for the Dodgers, which I mean, they're the best best team in the NL, so it's, yeah, of course, uh, it's it's a good it's a good allegiance to have, that's for sure. 
Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, yeah I've always wanted that because it's always it's always something I always like. You know, fucking you see like the Garrett Cole things happen that he's been a, a fan forever and he comes out and he's like. Yankees fan today, tomorrow, forever. I'm just like, all right, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I support you. But that's a that's a quick switch, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a tough one. Uh, I don't I don't know how most guys do, but it, it, that's a tough situation. Yeah, for sure. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on, or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. And if you're into prop bets and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online. Your online wagering experts. Yeah, it's crazy. So now, so now, kind of talk to me about like what's going on right now. Because I know that you know this whole kind of situation we're in right now kind of sucks with mm-hmm. Major League Baseball being postponed. And we were talking earlier about you know still trying to get your work in and yeah. just trying to keep the arm fresh and everything. I know this has been this was this was this is a fucking huge year for you because yeah. you know you got you got a lot of potential to actually make some starts in the big leagues this year what was that you know what was that first start like for for the dodgers in spring training kind of going to spring training and being invited to spring training mm-hmm. kind of what was that whole the whole experience like yeah yeah so uh going to big league camp getting that call that i'm heading to big league camp was definitely uh a really surreal moment because i'm like you know I think I did well last year, but you know, you never, you never think you're gonna uh, get that invite. But once I got that call and they told me, I was kind of like, "Wow, you know, mm-hmm. I've done, I've done enough to this point. I can have to continue to to improve and do everything because now this is at the highest level um, that it comes to." But it definitely was like a wow moment, and I really basked uh, in that like accomplishment to you know, get that invite to big league camp in my second full year. Mm-hmm. And just being in big league camp was a experience in its itself because, you know, I'm surrounded by, uh, Cy Young winners, uh, world series champions, uh, gold glovers, silver sluggers, whatever you, whatever you name it. So being in that culture, you kind of have to, uh, up your intensity because you know, everyone around you they're they're not worrying about, getting outs in the Texas league they're they're worrying about winning the world series and you know yeah, that's crazy lasting legacy so that was kind of like something I had to really uh circle my mind around because that's you know that's the end goal whether you're in the minors or the majors that's the end goal and when you're in the minors you don't really think of that but yeah. once you're kind of just thrown into the situation, being in big league camp, it's really uh, at the forefront in your mind. Yeah, because you're, you're surrounded by all those guys, right? It's like, who, I guess, who's the, who was the person that you were like, oh, shit, that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, everyone. But uh, <laughs> I, I want to say uh, the... 
first couple days when uh, Mookie Betts and David Price rolled into the locker room, uh, the clubhouse. Two that, guys that were just traded over. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely was a, a, a wow moment because once I got there, uh, you know, everyone was selling in. So uh, all, the, all the regulars were settling in. Yeah. They obviously rolled up a couple days later because of the trade and had to be announced and whatnot. But once they rolled in, that kind of was like a wow. You know, I'm in I'm in the same locker room as two, these two players, and these are guys I can learn something from, and you know, kind of have to take off the, uh, the shyness of not wanting to approach them and just you know, kind of just throwing myself out there because they they have su- such knowledge that mm-hmm. you know a young guy like me can pay off with literally one conversation. Yeah. So I kind of had to have that mentality throughout my uh, my couple weeks in big league camp. Yeah, I'm sure it's. I mean, I'm sure it's kind of like uh, you know, you're you're surrounded by a team that's you know been the World Series a couple times past few years. They're probably their their favorites to be in the World Series this year if, if the season never happens. And like, I'm sure that has to be like a like a motivation in itself just to be around. Like a team like this instead of being around a team that you know is maybe just rebuilding or just kind of you know playing a game by game and just kind of playing to you know better their own self value you know because um i don't know i guess i'll leave that I'll leave that question to you but like you know it might, it might seem like you're you're playing for a bigger purpose instead of just playing to get get your kind of start out there yeah yeah for for especially for young guys you have to buy in to the whole team, because once you, uh, for me, once I got traded, I bought in completely, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like another buy-in process to where everyone has a certain role, and those roles are so defined, and you have to produce and give your best every day, because that next guy is, and there's someone uh, grinding for your spot every day, so kind of that like lighting your lighting yourself on fire yeah to you know spark everything you need to help the team help yourself and you know win win a world series yeah 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 man i mean that's that's a kind of surreal experience well so like what was that um kind of walk me through what it was like to get that that call to to make that start in in spring training and kind of what that uh you know that inning was like where you're you're up there and you're pitching and you're kind of just fucking dealing. I was I was watching you. You're fucking dealing, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely nervous, but uh, yeah, I had uh, just been told, uh, hey, you got to start against the Angels um, at home. So I just started to obviously the nerves started to come in. And just started to get prepared for it and went out there, did business as usual um, with everything pregame and everything off the mounds. And once I got in the game, you know, I kind of just wanted the nerves to settle in because it wasn't like they were going to go away. Mm -hmm. Uh, But try to just enjoy the moment. You know, it's not all the time that a young guy gets to get into a game, but even gets a start, you know, with yeah. that was in like the second, second week of uh, big league camp, you know, that's kind of like 
unprecedented because, you know, you have so many guys that have to get work in. But that was definitely a, a wow moment. Another wow moment because you got to get a start. And yeah. The Dodgers in, in spring training and hoping to do that in the future a lot more. And yeah. We have that be, you know, more common than uh, than it was this year. Yeah, man. And yeah, and I, I know I was I was kind of following following Twitter around af- afterwards, and like, um, you know, it's kind of crazy because you know I saw fucking uh, Strowman tweeting at you, <laughs> yeah. and that was kind of sick. I, was, I fucking love Marcus Strowman, man. He's right? he's he's the fucking coolest. That's I know. Right. Yeah, I remember because you were it wasn't like a uh, was it one of your interviews. You were like you compare yourself to Marcus Strowman the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I said that in a couple of different interviews. Uh, he's a guy I compare myself to, and story-wise, uh, yeah. kind of like intensity-wise out there on the mound, um, and, and he's from New York. It's kind of like you have three things that are pretty uh, similar, so it's like, why? Yeah. And he's even the way he plays too. He's like he's the athletic pitcher too. You know, it's like he's he's fielding ground balls before his start to get in that athletic mindset. You know. Yeah, he's nuts with that. He former shortstop. Yeah, he's he's a little bit more athletic to me, but the way <laughs> he, he, he kind of still enjoys that like innocent part of the game that he probably misses so much. It it, it makes me like wow, like all right, Strowman. I lo- I love that side. You know. Yeah, that's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> Damn. Well, like, I don't know. I like, you know, I think that, you know, especially, you know, knowing you throughout this whole entire process, I know that, you know, when we were kind of, when we were in high school, we saw, you know, Tom Kohler coming up in, in the big leagues. I know you've been, I mean, you guys been talking on, on Twitter and probably outside as well. And like, you know, it's, it's funny because, like, from a outsider looking in, it's like, you know, I, I was I was always the guy who was uh, tuning into Tom Kohler's starts when yeah. he was on the Marlins. You know, if, even if it was you know it was relief pitching in the sixth inning for an out, like it was just like so cool watching. It was like, yo, new row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so cool. yeah, it's it's wild, man. I know that you know everyone over here is rooting for you to kind of fucking kill it, man, and. Um, yeah, man. Like, well, I guess what was that kind of like? Have you have you and Tom Kohler talked talked a little bit about you know what the you know kind of experience is like? I know he's he's retired now, but he's he's been through it all, and you know, um, yeah. I guess what was did you have any conversations with him? Uh, not anything too long. Everything's been pretty brief. Um, kind of like when I got traded, he said best of luck because he spent all of I want to say 2018 over here with LA. Yeah, rehabbing, and everything's been brief. Um, but no, I, I'm sure he's a resource I can go to, just about pitching because you know he pitched a fair amount of time in the big leagues, which you know that's to do from a, a guy from New Rochelle, and you know where there's not a lot of baseball players, there's not a lot of <clears throat> people who have like set that path for us beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, or for sure. Now it's like unprecedented to see how long he lasts in the big league. So he's definitely a guy I'm going to lean on, and because of his knowledge and pitching in the NL East, a really tough division, it's something that will be 
valuable and definitely be used down the road. Yeah. And yeah, it's a good point too, because, you know, it's like you put, you do everything for, you know, the, the people in the, like the universities and the high schools that have kind of helped you get to that point. I'm sure that, you know, how many big leaders have come from Lemoyne before, you know, I don't, I don't know. So, you know, it's especially being drafted in a higher round, you know, it's like, uh, you're putting all these places on the map and that's, that in itself is fucking huge, man. It's, it's, uh. That's got to be a fucking crazy experience. It gives it gives the little guys a chance, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, man, it's fucking crazy. What's um, I mean, I was gonna ask you this before, but what was um, what was kind of like that decision? Like, I'm backtracking a lot now, but mm-hmm. um, so I know you were you know you were a junior when you got drafted, so mm-hmm. you know you could have played another year. Yeah. Um, I guess what was what was that kind of decision like, and what was the the thing that really made you just kind of go for it? Oh, good question. Uh, I didn't really try to focus on the draft beyond the um, occasional text from a scout to meet or whatever. But I really was just focusing on winning because um, we had like a really good team. We had the best team Lemoyne's had in um, since they were Division Two uh, started. Division two, so that was since 2012. So it was 2018, mm. best team in in six years, six seven years. So I kind of like just circled around that thought of winning because I knew we had a team. Okay, if the draft happens, it happens, but I want to just win and have that be the lasting memory because we can do it. Mm-hmm. And um, once the last out came in our uh, regional bid. It was kind of like, it was really sad because I knew at the end of that day, a lot of guys, their careers were ending. Yeah. But luckily, my career was going to continue. And I didn't go into the draft knowing I was going to sign, but I kind of had a inkling to where if everything was right and I was ready to make the decision, I would sign. Yeah. And it kind of just worked out in my favor to where you know, I was picked in a really high round, valuable, um, really uh, felt like I was uh, cared for. So I saw yeah. and, and, you know, everything kind of just started from there. Yeah, it's almost like just like the, you know, your gut feeling is always right. And it's yeah. probably just like, you know, I, I could definitely see that. You know, it's that you're get picked it probably higher than you're expecting and it just seems right you know it's like it's just you know and the thing is is that you know um i don't know if you had a, like a moment when you were in college and you were like you know maybe i'm not really here to you know finish my college education i'm really here to continue doing what i love you know it's it's uh i don't know i can't experience that but <laughs> <laughs> it was it was crazy because uh I, I actually like crushed college, like GPA in, in the classroom. And it was a tough decision mainly because I went to college to do college. I, I mean, I was decent at shortstop, decent at pitching, but I wasn't really planning on, you know, yeah. going pro after it wasn't, I didn't really have the tool, the one tool that guys are looking for. So I just understood that and tried to play baseball as, as much as I could and, and just enjoy the game because it was probably my last couple of years. And 
obviously things kind of turned 360 to where I developed a tool, I developed mm-hmm. a couple tools to where I could become an asset for a pro team. But then my love for uh, the classroom didn't change at all. And I, it kind of heightened because I wanted to make sure I was taking care of my classwork while also taking care of stuff in the field. Cause it's like, I, that would be a coach's um, best, like best weapon right there. They have a kid mm-hmm. handle himself on the field and in the classroom. It's like every coach wishes for that. So it kind of just heightened once all the draft stuff started happening. Yeah. I'm sure it definitely like played in your favor as well, but um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fucking crazy experience, man. Um, <laughs> I'm still kind of like, I don't know. It's wild. And I'm over here just kind of talking to you about it, but <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. Wild. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, we're, our, I know that, you know, everyone knew real, everyone I'm talking to, we're all fucking, we're all rooting for you to, to do it, to, you know, fucking go out there and show up and have not disappointed yet. And, um, I don't expect you to anytime soon, man. Yeah. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, for sure. And don't beat the Yankees too bad because then, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I might have to, you know, start a Dodgers podcast or something. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, man. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you. Um, you know, best of luck going forward. Hopefully this, uh, MLB shutdown, you know, hopefully this kind of gets up and running. I mean, Got to hope for the best, but also got to stay healthy. So, um, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And, um, yeah, man, best of luck, and we'll uh, we'll catch up soon. All right, sounds good, dude. All right, man, catch you later. All right, homie.